Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Sports Podcast, a weekly podcast that delves into the wide world of sports history, picks out one moment, and gives you all three things to know about that subject. And while I'm at it, I'll bring in some friends to add their perspective to the mix. This week, I will be covering the 1998 Chicago Bulls team. There's a ton to get into, so sit back, pop in some headphones, and get ready for some sharp sports with your host, Kevin Salucci. We are not going to waste any time here getting into the good stuff, so let's start talking and see where we go. As I said before, this week is all about the 98 Bulls and their story. Now first, a little bit of background is necessary to know how we got here. Now I can think of no other way to start than from the most well-known name in basketball, Michael Jordan. Jordan was drafted in 1984, and right out of the gate, he was amazing. He was referred to as and considered the best rookie on the Bulls team. He made it onto the cover of Sports Illustrated, and he became a crowd favorite in no time. Jordan started to transform the Bulls from a so-so mediocre team into actual contenders for the championship. After a major injury in the 85 season, Jordan came back with a bang in the 86 season. He became the only other player than Wilt Chamberlain to score 3,000 points in a season. That is incredible. Jordan would go on to have a couple more great seasons before retiring in 1993. He then would have a short run in minor league baseball, and then come back to the NBA in 1995. At this point, the Bulls would have most of the major players of the 98 Bulls team, except for the notable Dennis Rodman, who would join at the beginning of the next season. So now, by the 97-98 season, the Stars were aligned to get another 3 for the Bulls organization. 3 is where you win three championships back-to-back. But there was one issue. Phil Jackson, the head coach of the Bulls in recent years, was told by executive Jerry Krause that this would be his last season coaching for the Bulls. And to follow that, Michael Jordan said that he would not come back and play for the team if Phil Jackson was not the coach. The stage was set to go out in style and make this the best season yet. And with an all-star lineup like this, how could they not? Now, before we get into the course of the season, we have to introduce our main cast. Michael Jordan, of course, but everyone knows that. He was a constant in the starting lineup. Our head coach, Phil Jackson, and of course, everyone loved Phil. And our other main starters and big names, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc, and Steve Kerr, now head coach of the Golden State Warriors. There were a couple other guys that we will cover if need be. Now, this was the team. This was the group that would make the last hurrah of a bowl season as good as it could be. Some teams to watch out for were the Detroit Pistons, New York Knicks, Indiana Pacers, and the Utah Jazz. All these teams will come into contact with our Bulls during the season and postseason. Make sure to watch out for them while I go through the season synopsis. The Chicago Bulls had one heck of a season with an overall record of 62-20. and 20. This was only the regular season. The playoffs were a whole other accomplishment. They were the top team in their division and in the Eastern Conference, which paved the way for an amazing postseason. This would put them right on track for the national championship, but they had to get through an all-star lineup of teams to get to the final matchup. In the first round, they went 3-0 over the New Jersey Nets. This is the only round in which it is a best-of-five series. From here on out, the series would be best-of-seven. In the next round, they would win 4-1 over the Charlotte Hornets. This would be the first sort of contention that the Bulls had in the postseason, but not too much to worry about. But in the semifinals of the NBA playoffs, the Bulls had to play the Indiana Pacers, and this team really put up a fight. The Bulls only won the series by one game, and you can bet that when they won, the energy of the fans, not only in the arena, but 
watching at home was incredible. With this win in the bag, the last series was next. It was the finals, Chicago Bulls versus Utah Jazz. These games would be super difficult, but the Jazz would only be able to take the Bulls to game six. The Bulls would win the series 4-2, snagging the championship victory and bringing home the second three-peat to the organization. I can only imagine what it would have been like to be a fan, seeing Michael Jordan return, and just a couple years later, claiming one of the most famous championship victories known to the NBA. Luckily, we do not have to imagine. I'm going to bring on one of my family members who was an avid fan at the time, and who can hopefully give us some insight into what it was really like during this season. Thank you for sitting down with me to answer or talk about the 98 Bulls. So just to start off, so like how long have you been a Bulls fan, would you say? Uh, I would say since about uh, 1972, roughly. So I was probably about 10 years old. Oh, cool. Um, and do you remember like what got you into being a Bulls fan or like just what got you interested in basketball? Yeah, my well, my dad, of course, was a big uh, basketball fan and and Bulls fan. But um, back then, the Bulls were not on television. So what he would my dad would do, he he would turn them on the radio. um, And we'd listen to the games and they had a great uh, public address announcer. Actually, their broadcaster was Jim Durham. And he painted a picture of that game on the radio perfectly. And super exciting, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, that's what really got me into it. And then he stayed with the Bulls probably for the next almost 25 years. So he was there for their first championship, Jim Durham, and then he then he moved on. He retired from that point. So, um, yeah, from early 70s to early 90s, Jim Durham was the, the main announcer. Yeah, that sounds pretty exciting. So, and then do you, okay, so moving on, you know, to like late 80s, early 90s, uh, do you remember mm-hmm. like what it was like when the Bulls were like just doing so well and being so dominant in the league? Like what what was that like being, you know, right outside of Chicago? That was really cool. And, um, you know, they didn't get there overnight. You know, a lot of people don't uh, remember that. Michael Jordan was in the league eight years before he made it to the NBA finals. So it was um, the Bulls uh, rival was the Pistons, Detroit Pistons. And that took them probably at least three or four years to get over the, the hump of beating Detroit in the playoffs. And then in 91, they finally got to the um, Eastern conference finals and, and beat the Pistons. Uh, in fact, I think they swept them four games uh, to zero and then went to their first uh, NBA Finals. So that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so then what was your reaction, you know, after coming off of, like, such a good streak? Like, when Michael Jordan retired, what was that like, you know? It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, no one could believe it, first of all. I mean, I... I guess the only solace in the whole thing was that he was going to play baseball, just happened to be going to play for my favorite baseball team, the Chicago White Sox. So, I mean, but, you know, baseball was, he always wanted to play baseball, but he, his body and his skill set was all suited for basketball. So, but he did do it for almost two years. And, um, 
never made it to the big leagues. The highest he got was double A. So yeah. um, the people, the fans were just uh, despondent about the whole thing because I think they thought if he wouldn't have retired, they would have kept winning, you know, won two more NBA championships for sure. And, uh, you know, that was not to be so. Right. And then, so you said he was going to play for the Sox. So then did you kind of follow Michael Jordan as much as you could while he was oh. playing baseball? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he had to remake his whole body. Um, he had to put on some weight, use different muscles. Um, it was – he had to transform himself. Now, the highest he got was double A, so that's probably like two steps short of the big leagues. Um, I think the highest he ever hit, though, might have been 220 maybe. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a great baseball player. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he always wanted to do it, so then he did it. Right. Cross that off the bucket list. You're right, right, exactly. Yeah. So then when Michael Jordan came back, like what kind, you know, of renewed hope did, did you have or, you know, did the city of Chicago have when, you know, the prodigal son returned to kind of help the Bulls again? Well, you know what's funny about that story is that when he came back, now this is where I'm dating myself here. He sent a fax to <laughs> saying, I'm back. It was two words. I'm back. Yeah. And uh, I think everyone, including myself, thought that now he joined the Bulls later in the year. It was probably March or April. So it was towards the end of that NBA season. Uh, that would have been the 95 season. And they probably thought, you know, we're just going to win the NBA championship again. And that, that didn't happen. He was not, he was not in basketball shape, but I think one of the first games back, he did score 50 points against the Knicks, um, which was unbelievable because it was only, he was only back for a few nights. Um, But they ended up losing to the uh, magic in the playoffs. Mm. So then it was, you know, on to the next year, which was the start of the second three-peat starting in 1986. Right. So would you say, like, it was almost – the excitement was more palpable, like, in their second run of becoming such a good team? Or do you think it was maybe just a little less kind of of the hype as before, you know, in Michael's first run? Definitely more. Definitely more. And at that time, they also added Dennis Rodman and they still had Scottie Pippen and the fans just couldn't get enough of the Bulls. It was the it was the hottest ticket in town. Every game was a sellout home and away. You couldn't unless you knew somebody. It would be very difficult to get tickets to go watch and play. It was it was fantastic. They won 60 games every year. So it, you rarely lost rarely lost a game yeah were you ever lucky enough to go to see a game oh yeah oh yeah i saw michael jordan score myself score 50 points four times just just me and i didn't go to a lot of games i want to say he did it almost 70 times in his career 50 points it was he was unbelievable I, I went to one playoff game in um, 80, probably 86, 
They were playing the Bucks. He had 23 in the first quarter. 23 points in the first quarter. <laughs> that's that's insane. Yeah, he that's... was just scoring at will. He was it was yeah. no one could stop him. Nobody. Yeah, I think in the last dance documentary they said something about how he always wanted to play the best, like because it could be, you know, one little kid's like only time ever coming to play. And you Eggs. know, he wanted to make that special. That is exactly right. And he played every game like it was his seventh game of the NBA finals. He he left it all out there. I mean, uh, we used to buy tickets in Milwaukee because it was easier to get them up there than Chicago and drive up there to watch them up there. Same thing. Same thing. It could be the dead of winter, and he was going all out in the middle of February to beat the Bucks, and they did. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he was just unbelievable. So... Then moving into the 97-98 season. So the Bulls mm-hmm. had already had two championships yep. and looking for the three-peat. So how confident were you that they could get another one? Well, I was confident, but uh, a lot of people don't remember. They started out that season very slow. Scottie Pippen was injured. He had hurt his – I want to say it was his back. And uh, they were under 500 for – probably the first four or five weeks. And uh, I mean, they still ended up winning 60 games that year because Pippen did come back. But uh, Michael Jordan had to get Dennis Rodman to really <laughs> step up his game. And yeah. that was that was not easy to do. But Dennis Rodman did it, and they got back on track. And Pippen got better. Uh, he got back. Um, probably halfway through the season. But they had a great supporting cast too. You know, Steve Kerr, he was a great three-point shooting guard. Um, Ron Harper was a great uh, uh, small forward, good defender. Their defense was, you know, a lot of people don't really want to think about this, but their defense was actually almost better than their offense. It was that good. Mm So... So between Harper, Pippen, and Jordan, and Rodman, of course, doing the rebounding, they were defensively, I don't think there's anyone better in the league. So, um, yeah, and then they faced the Jazz second second year in a row in the NBA Finals. So, Yeah. So then, you know, obviously you've got Jerry Krause, executive, uh, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, telling Phil Jackson, this is your last season coaching for the Bulls. So do you think that added any pressure or like how much, you know? Oh, yeah. That that was, you know, I can't imagine that was great, especially since then Jordan's like, if Phil Jackson's not here, I'm not playing for the Bulls anymore. That's exactly what he told him. He said, if Phil goes, I'm I'm gone. And Jerry Krause said this to Phil Jackson, you could go 82-0 and and you're still not going to coach our team next year. He said that to him. <laughs> so um, it was just, there was no, you know, I think the whole thing between Krause and Jackson had run its course. And I think because everyone knew it was the last time they were going to be together and they had already won five NBA championships, um, huge expectations on that team. I mean, it was tremendous pressure and, uh, they did it. <laughs> and, and Jordan at that point was not, 
you know, he's not a spring chicken. He was probably 34, 35 years old, which by NBA standards, you know, that's when players start to kind of lose their skills and they're just not as good as they used to be. But he kind of transformed his game into a high-flying dunker to this. He had incredible fadeaway jump shots, baseline moves, very smart, you know, went to the free throw line a lot. So he uh, he figured it out how to play when he was older. and He, he was a master at it. Right. Yeah. So then, you know, when the Bulls made to the playoffs, how, like, how – how big of a part of your life did that become? You know, like you tuned in to everything, you know, just checking every single second. You basically arranged your whole life around those playoff games. Is yeah. what you did. <laughs> Mother's Day. Well, we'll do it, but make sure the game is on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my wife was very nice about it and, yeah, of course, my kids were young at that point. My my oldest was 10 at that point, and my youngest was four. So they didn't really know what was going on. But in a lot of those games were at night, so it would be just, you know, me watching it or me and some friends. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was it, it was it was really must-see TV. And the, and the last game he played for the Bulls, uh, when they beat the Jazz – that's the highest rated NBA game ever on TV. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, bigger than any World Series game. It, it, oh, before or since NBA Finals games, there's never been a higher rated NBA game than that game six against the Jazz. Yeah. And so then, you know, when they won the championship, you know, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be some, but like, how was that got to be like a bittersweet moment, right? Because, you know, it was, but Bulls are that team. The Bulls, as everyone kind of knew it, was somewhat done at that point. That is correct. That is correct. Jordan uh, effectively retired from the Bulls, and Scottie Pippen got traded to the Rockets. And Dennis Rodman, I want to say, I think he retired too. I don't think he ever played after that, even for another team. Mm. And uh, and then Jerry Krause, of course, let Phil Jackson go and moved on to uh, Mr. Tim Floyd. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was the end of the era of Michael Jordan. But what a run! Right. I mean, to get you know, twelve twelve ish years. To yeah. that organization, that's, I mean, that is, I mean, they were lucky to get that, to have that kind of dynasty going through, even with the two-year gap for his little baseball stint. That is, they were, I think they were pretty lucky to get him for that long. For sure, for sure. And one of the things that made that all happen was Scottie Pippen, when he was a younger player, signed a really long deal. I want to say it was six or eight years. Uh, might have been an eight-year deal pretty um, average salary too. It was like 24 million for the whole set, the whole contract. And uh, cause you can't do that nowadays because players move around so much. And even Michael Jordan, he, he had a very team friendly deal too. I mean, he made much more money outside of basketball than he did playing basketball. 
Right. But the last two years were one-year deals, and I think he made 30, 30 to thirty-two million each year. Dang. And, and it was a, but it was a bargain for the Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> absolute bargain. <laughs> yeah. So then, one final question, just to kind of gather. So, have you ever seen or heard, you know, of a team like just as powerful and dominant as the '98 Bulls? And that could be, you know, ideally NBA, but like, you know, maybe in baseball or football, yeah. anything that kind of compares. Uh, you know, I guess as far as domination and, and winning every game, um, I'd probably – I mean, 85 Bears, as far as even in the, in the world of sports, not just in Chicago, you'd have to put them right up there. Um, they finished 15 and one and then won three straight in the Super Bowl, two shutouts in the playoffs. I, I'd, I'd have to say the 85 Bears on that question, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty good response to me. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for sitting down virtually with me and talking about the 98 Bulls. It is much appreciated. Um, and I think that's all I got. So all right. again, you're welcome. You're welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it too. All right. Once Thanks, again, Kevin. Yep. Thank you. Right, Bye. Bye-bye. I don't know about you all, but I think it was really cool to get that insight from such a big Chicago Bulls fan who was alive during the 98 season and could share just a little bit of what it was like to be alive during the greatness that was that team. Thank you for listening to the Sharp Sports Podcast with Kevin Salucci, your weekly spot for everything you need to know about sports history. If you're new here, make sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. And if you want, leave a voice message and the host just might play it on a future broadcast. Make sure to come back next week for our episode on the 108-year Chicago Cubs World Series drought. With that, this is Kevin Salucci signing out. Stay sharp, everyone.